Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wellness and Chill podcast. I hope everyone had a really great weekend. For me right now recording this, it is Wednesday in the morning, so not quite the weekend yet, but I do have a few weekend plans that I'm excited about. It's going to be my grandfather's 80th birthday, so my family is going to be coming down and we're going to be having a little cookout there. So I'm excited to just celebrate and spend some time with my parents. I haven't seen them in a little while, um, so it's always a fun time being able to kind of sort of get everyone together. Um, I actually just got back from a early morning IHOP date before I sort of dove into work this morning with my boyfriend and it was my first time ever at IHOP and I don't know why because I definitely was not disappointed. (laughs) I sort of feel like there is a rock in my stomach from all of the food that I ate but I honestly have no regrets. I got some of their gluten-free Belgium waffles which I was happy to see that they have a lot of gluten-free options. I don't have celiac disease. I'm not like allergic to gluten in any way, but I do notice that when I eat gluten, it really does bloat me and it doesn't necessarily agree with me always in the best way. So if there is a option to go gluten-free, I do take it, Um, but I do not, you know, completely avoid it. But it was really good. I also got some eggs and some sausage and a cold brew iced coffee and Yeah, it was just really nice to get out. I haven't had a breakfast date in a very long time, so it was definitely well worth it. Um, So yeah, I think that's honestly the excitement (laughs) that I have this whole week. I don't really have too much going on, which is sort of nice for a change. I do have therapy later on, so I'm excited for my second session um, because my first session went really well. I'm excited to start actually getting into it and sort of getting some actual advice and feedback on some of the things that I'm struggling with. And one of those things is sort of coping with chronic illness and health anxiety, which is the topic of today's episode. So I'm super excited to hopefully get some advice from her because as someone sort of dealing with chronic illness, if you deal with it, You can know sort of how um, unpredictable things can be and it can really take a toll over time. So I'm actually going to get into that a little bit um, in today's episode. So honestly, I think that's all the life updates I have. So let's just get right into the episode. Welcome to the Wellness and Chill podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Schultz, certified nutrition coach specializing in helping women gain muscle, take care of their gut health, and gain confidence along the way. Each episode, I'll be discussing wellness topics ranging from nutrition, fitness, mental health, and how we can all work to get closer to our authentic selves. I might even bring on a few special guests along the way. Thanks for taking the time to listen today, and I can't wait to get into the episode. So you may or may not know about my chronic illness. I actually don't really share it that often with people. And I think one thing with sort of having invisible chronic illness is, you know, you can sort of go on with everyday life and people would have no idea unless you told them, uh, which I think can be a blessing and a curse in some ways, because sometimes I wish that I could sort of explain to people what I'm feeling and having them understand, because if 
they see you, you look healthy, but on the inside you don't feel well. It can sometimes be hard to explain or sometimes people don't really believe the severity of, you know, how you're feeling or how things are. So sometimes it can be a little frustrating Um, But at the same time, you know, it is nice to not always have to explain that you have a chronic illness or tell people about it in your everyday, you know, life. So there's definitely pros and cons to that. But a lot of people actually don't know that I even have these chronic illness. Even some people I think who are somewhat close to me, I don't always share about it because I think I am able to hide them pretty well. But the first chronic illness I was diagnosed with is POTS which stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And it's where I'm like allergic to gravity, basically. So with POTS, the main symptoms that I experience are low blood pressure and high heart rate, especially when I'm changing positions. So, you know, going from a laying to seated position, but especially like a laying or seated position to a standing position. Um, And I was actually diagnosed with this in like 2014, so it was a really long time ago. And sort of the symptoms that I experienced when I was younger was, you know, I would be sitting on the couch watching cartoons or TV or whatever I was watching and I'd get up to go like get a snack or something. And when I would stand up, I would get really blurry vision, like I couldn't see for, you know, maybe five seconds and I'd get like really lightheaded and dizzy. I've never actually fainted from this condition, which I'm super thankful for because that's honestly like a fear of mine is like fainting, especially in public. Um, And I know a lot of people with POTS do faint and some people faint like multiple times per day and sort of have no control over that. So I'm super thankful that I do have a milder form of POTS in the fact that I don't actually faint. I just get really close to it or have that feeling of just overall lightheadedness and dizziness. So it definitely is a spectrum of severity and symptoms. But I was diagnosed in 2014 and it takes a lot of people a lot of time to usually get diagnosed with POTS because it's not the first thing that sort of doctors look for. And a lot of doctors aren't familiar with it. Honestly, people are becoming more familiar with it now because I have read that a lot of people with post-COVID after getting COVID-19 actually develop POTS. So I think a lot of sort of scientists and doctors are looking more into it now, which also is good and bad. You know, it sucks that more people are developing POTS, but it's also good that it's getting more recognition and awareness. More people are becoming familiar with it, which is making it a lot easier to sort of get faster diagnoses for people and hopefully get better treatments as well. Um, Because I was diagnosed, they basically strapped me to a table lying down. I was literally like tied down to this table. And they had me laying down for quite some time. And then they like quickly sort of made the table stand up. So I was then in a standing position strapped down to this table. And then they monitor your heart rate and your blood pressure when they do that. And I guess if it, you know, your heart rate rises so, so much or your blood pressure drops so much, then that's sort of how they diagnose you with POTS. 
And in that, during that test, I actually did pass out. Like I passed out immediately, which I find sort of strange because I've never passed out just in my normal everyday life from it. Part of it was honestly probably anxiety and nervousness as well, but my blood pressure did drop. I tend to run really low in my blood pressure, which also doesn't help with just the like constant everyday lightheadedness and dizziness. And unfortunately, there isn't like a cure to POTS, which is what makes it a chronic illness. I can't just take one pill and it goes away. For me, honestly, the treatment is to increase my salt intake. So I actually take salt pills every day to sort of get more sodium in and that helps to raise your blood pressure and keep it more stable while also increasing more fluids. So drinking a lot of water throughout the day as well because dehydration for someone with POTS is like the ultimate, um, like the worst thing that you can do for yourself if you have POTS is to become dehydrated or by not drinking a lot or, you know, over consuming coffee and stuff like that, that is going to increase your heart rate and also um, dehydrate you and lower your blood pressure. And specifically for me with POTS, it tends to sort of come and go, the severity, and there's different things that can trigger it and make it worse. For example, the heat and the summertime always makes my symptoms worse. Um, It also tends to cause my hands to swell a little bit, um, which isn't directly related to POTS. My doctor actually said that it could just be some sort of um, edema and swelling of the extremities and also because I have, you know, increased salt in me that I tend to, you know, retain fluid, which can cause the swelling, but the heat also triggers it. Even, you know, working out, getting overheated sometimes, like after I shower, I tend to get like the swelling and can sometimes, you know, make my dizziness a little bit worse. And that also goes with, you know, doing specific exercises in the gym. I've actually sort of stopped doing squats because they tended to really trigger um, the dizziness response after I was done squatting. And I think that's just because I'm really sort of changing my positioning when I'm doing that. Like I'm going up and down, up and down, which is sort of just confusing my body and making this uh, weird response. And POTS is actually a form of dysautonomia, which basically means, you know, your body automatically controls your heart rate, your blood pressure, you know, certain things like sweating to cool you down and temperature and things like that. Um, And when you have some form of dysautonomia, your body just sort of can't regulate those things automatically as well. So that's sort of what's happening with POTS. Like my body just is having a little bit harder time regulating my blood pressure, heart rate when, you know, making these transitions and stuff like that. But luckily, like I said, I do have a more mild form of it. Throughout my day-to-day life, I still do experience sort of these symptoms. And honestly, the worst part of having chronic illness like this is the unpredictability of it because it can be so different day to day. Like one week I can be absolutely like symptom free and then the next week I'm out of commission. So I think the hardest part is just never knowing how I'm going to feel day to day. So it can be hard to, you know, make plans in advance just because I'm not going to know how I'm going to feel, which I think is honestly the worst part of it and what I struggle with the most. Um, But yeah, (laughs) it's definitely a wild ride, but I've had it for a while. I'm, you know, trying to adapt. I still see a cardiologist. 
I was actually just at the cardiologist not too long ago. And I also do have a PFO in my heart, which is basically like a small hole, um, which sounds scarier than it is apparently. (laughs) Uh, It sounds really scary, but according to a heart surgeon that I actually saw recently that he said that 25% of people have a hole in their heart and don't even know it. Um, So basically when you are a baby, when you sort of like cry and stuff, once you come out of the womb, that hole will close. So it is open when you're first born and then it will close when you start to cry. And in 25% of those people, it just doesn't close all the way. And it doesn't cause too many issues from what I understood from the doctor is there are certain things that, you know, you should avoid like scuba diving or, you know, super high altitudes. Um, but flying isn't an issue. You just want to focus on getting up frequently and moving around. You don't want to stay like stationary in one spot for too long because one thing with having a PFO is that it can increase your risk for blood clotting and stroke, which isn't common necessarily. Uh, but you do just sort of want to pay attention to that sort of move around to prevent any sort of clotting in your legs that can go to your brain. (laughs) Um, If you have followed Hailey Bieber, she recently found out that she had a PFO and did have a near stroke and she did find out that it was from a PFO. Um, However, I got mine checked and doctor didn't seem too concerned, doesn't want to close it or anything. So trying to find comfort in that, I'm definitely not alone. Um, But definitely anything with the heart is scary. So it's something that is always in the back of my mind a little bit and just trying to do the best that I can to take care of my health overall and just do what I can to prevent these things. But yeah, so my last chronic illness that I was actually diagnosed with last year is something called interstitial cystitis, or IC for short. Um, So with this, basically, one day out of nowhere, it felt like I was developing a UTI. And I've actually never had a UTI in my life. So I thought this was my first UTI. I didn't really know what a normal one felt like because it would have been my first time experiencing that. But from everyone I talked to, you know, talking about my symptoms, like just feeling like I had to pee all the time, like my bladder was hurting um, and literally just peeing like every 15 minutes. Uh, Everyone, you know, told me, oh, it is a UTI. Even the doctors are saying, oh, you have a UTI. But when they would test me, there was, you know, no infection present in the urine, but they would, you know, give me the antibiotics anyway, just to be safe because it was showing classic UTI symptoms. Uh, And it actually took me a long time to figure out that I have something, like I said, called interstitial cystitis, which is basically chronic bladder pain. Um, So it feels like I have a UTI 24-7, basically. I Luckily, they were able to put me on a medication that sort of stops the nerve signals from going off in my bladder and causing constant pain. So it really isn't 24-7 anymore. It's mostly after I drink a lot of water or, you know, hydrate a lot and my bladder fills that it starts to hurt and once I you know I'm able to go to the bathroom everything's fine until it starts filling up again so when I first was diagnosed with that like it was really hard like I was in pain (laughs) but 
it's been over a year now and I think I'm finally just starting to see, you know, what triggers it more, what causes, you know, flare-ups, what helps it and just trying to listen to my body and give it what it needs to, you know, soothe my (laughs) chronic illnesses. But yeah, and it's also something to think about because with like POTS and stuff, there are a lot of other sort of illnesses that go hand in hand with it. Um, something called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and I honestly might be pronouncing that wrong, but that is another sort of group of issues that can often go hand in hand with POTS. And in order to be diagnosed with that, you actually have to go to a genetics doctor, which I have an appointment in September to test me for that. And basically with that, it's a huge spectrum. Some people have, you know, only some hyperflexible joints, which can sort of increase the risk of, you know, dislocations or muscle pain. And some other people, you know, there's vascular types of Ehlers-Danlos as well that can sort of affect your heart, which is a lot more serious. So there are, you know, a wide range of different things, but they definitely want to test me out because my mom also showed some symptoms of having this. It is a genetic thing. They definitely want to check me out. So interested to see sort of what comes out of that in September, but I am always staying positive, uh, which is sometimes hard and which is why I do see a therapist and why I just started. And my therapist actually struggles with POTS as well. So we sort of get along very well and understand each other's struggles, which I think is helpful. And I'm excited to see, you know, what advice she has for me to sort of keep a positive mindset when I tend to spiral. Because like I said, I think the hardest thing for me is just never knowing how I'm going to feel on a day-to-day basis. And that really does bother me because it's hard to, you know, commit to certain plans um, because I hate canceling plans. So sometimes I'm scared to make plans because I don't want to cancel last minute if I'm not feeling well. But that I think is honestly the biggest and hardest struggle of it all is just the unpredictability of it and not knowing, you know, when I'm going to feel better, if I'm going to feel better. But I think therapy is really going to help me. And another piece of advice I have, you know, if you do struggle with chronic illness of any kind is to surround yourself with some people that do get it. Because like I said, having something that is invisible, unless someone has experienced it themselves, I think it is really hard for them to truly understand what you're going through and to relate to you on that level. So I recommend, you know, finding people who have maybe similar issues that you can stay in contact with to just having someone who truly understands how you feel and can relate to because it can be hard sometimes, you know, seeing people not have to worry about things that, you know, you may have to worry about with a chronic illness and it can be, you know, hard just to deal with that. So I think having someone who deals with the same thing can be really just almost reassuring that, you know, you're not alone. And I am so thankful for Instagram for that because I actually talk to two people, you know, on a very regular basis who also struggle with chronic illness. And, you know, when any one of us are struggling, it's so good to just talk to someone else and, 
either, you know, through text or FaceTime and just kind of complain to each other, honestly, like, because a lot of times, you know, you can feel bad complaining to other people in your close life who, again, don't necessarily understand what you're going through. So it is good. And also, if you can't find someone that you know personally or even like in your Instagram friends or whatever, I have found that Facebook groups can be sort of good and bad. I'm not going to lie. It can be great in the fact that you can easily meet a lot of other people who have similar, you know, concerns or health issues as you. And it's also helpful in that fact of like finding doctors and specialists because you can talk to other people who have maybe been dealing with this for years and you may be newly diagnosed and they can really sort of shorten the amount of, you know, doctors you have to go to or they can give you a lot of great recommendations, which I have found and I'm super grateful for. Um, but on the other hand, there are some cons to those Facebook groups because what I found is that, you know, it seems like the people who have the worst forms of the disease are on there and complaining a lot. And it can become sort of a negative space where they talk about sort of the worst case scenario or their worst symptoms or what has happened to them, which can really sort of be a trigger I have found um, to sort of just getting scared or nervous and sort of instilling a lot of fear in you. So the people who have the illness, who have it well controlled and are feeling well, aren't necessarily on those groups just because, you know, they're out there living their lives. So there is sort of that balance that you have to keep in mind for yourself when sort of joining those groups I have found anyway. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to come on here and share my story because one, I know a lot of people don't even know that I have these conditions, but two, also, you know, if there's someone else out there who has either POTS or interstitial cystitis who sort of is suffering in silence, uh, to know that you're not alone and I'm always here. My DMs are always open if you want to chat or even hop on a call. I'm really open about it. So yeah, and if this can help one person, I'm super glad. And if you don't have a chronic illness and you're still listening like just know you never really know what other people are going through so always just be kind to one another I know it sounds cheesy but it's true everyone is going through something and not everything is just readily displayed and you can tell by just looking at someone so I think it's important to keep that in mind as well but thank you guys so much for listening uh, if you're enjoying the podcast please don't forget to leave a rating and review really trying to hopefully boost ourselves up in the algorithm and reach more people and help more people. So thank you again for chilling with me today and I can't wait to talk to you guys soon.